0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog fence. Kimball pulling at Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging at Ronick wildly and the linesman trying to get in between them.
1: The Durkle stolen from Reinhardt. Breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, Rebound. Recognizer scores! Here comes Shevelday. He'll be thrown out of the game. Curtis Joseph Brad Shevelday in the Sergio Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores. Brad Hall, number 500. Oh, unbelievable save by Jake Allen. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores.
0: And now here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer.
1: All right, hockey folks, Uh, good morning. This is not Jim Cromer. I hope they think you're Jim Cromer. Yeah, and every morning I wake up (laughs) and I realize that I'm not Jim Cromer is a better day for me, so we're starting off on the right foot. Yes, Uh, I got my buddy in studio with me here, Darren Kimball. How are you, man? Good, sir. How are you doing? Good. Good. Busy weekend. How about you?
0: Well, I had to do a little bit of work, but uh, that's about it. I was away from the hockey world, watched a little bit of the hockey, uh, the blues, so uh,
1: yeah, ready to roll. Yeah, so since we're getting right to the business here, I'll oh, be up the blue. I thought we'd get a little personal, you know. Oh, I did yeah. this, I did that. Well, I had this. we can. But no,
0: you went right to the blues. Yeah, but your weekend is going to fall under the uh, the the youth hockey, and so I think that's what we're where we can go to with you. What you did this weekend, but
1: you want to go there first, or you want to go? Yeah, blues go there first. Go, go there, there first. Yeah. Okay. So we'll yeah. start off uh, this weekend here in in St. Louis was the Central District tryouts yep. for the youth levels. Uh, I think it's oh four. Oh three, oh two, oh one birth years. And uh what happens is they select a small number of kids from this area and they advance them on to national programs. And so they had uh those were in town this weekend. So it was Hockey Central over at uh the mills there, the St. Louis Ice Zone Blues Practice Facility. Yeah. It was uh tell you what it was there was a lot of people there it was uh, you know kind of what you'd expect I mean a lot of people there a lot of evaluators I thought there was as many evaluators as there were people or parents (laughs) watching it was uh, first time for me to see that but you know overall here's what I my takeaway from the weekend is one is unfortunately we don't get all the kids there because it's a volunteer registration you don't have to you're not mandated to sign up for it so You do get some kids who pass it up because this, that, the other. They have baseball. They have something else. They have whatever the case. It's at the end of the season. They take the option. Um, But what's encouraging to me out of it all is that at each birth year, I saw a great number of talented players. Like they only pick, I think, seven or eight forwards from each birth year, five defensemen and two goalies. And so when you look at that, right? Like some of the birth years, you like that numbers bang on mm-hmm. where that's exactly what we should send to the national program. The other birth years, some of them are deep, man. Yeah. They're really deep like your son Lawson, mm-hmm. his birth year, the 04s, that's deep. Yeah. And I watched him and I'm like, "Wow, how are they going to pick only eight players? How are they only pick 5D and I guess what I'm saying is it's really encouraging to see the number of talented players in St Louis right now that are just young guys, I mean they really haven't even figured anything out yet, yeah, but well, and you know it it's
0: good for exposure reasons um I think at the birth year at o four oh three they're starting to get there a little bit, but you're you're still two or three years away from these kids, see six sixteen's the big year that I think fifteen sixteen where you when you're hitting that stride, you're starting to figure out what's going on here and and still there's even some late boomers after that age, but uh, as where you're going is the the talent level in st louis is it's it's strong it's strong and i I know the 0-4 group because that 's where my kid played at um and they they i think they ended up taking twelve kids on the forward side and then they took eight defensemen so they 're still but they're they're, they're the they're the top kids and they, and they're the ones that at the at this time right now is is where they should be and it'll be good for them to get a little exposure and get out there and and
1: get ready for what's coming in this world if you want to get into the hockey world. Yeah. No, I think it's good because you, know, you get these moments where, like you said, you go on to the next phase, and the next phase is to, I guess, mix amongst all the other states mm-hmm. and countries and things – or not countries, but states and, and all those other leagues and whatnot. So it, it is good. And what I like about it is that it does get kids on the map early. Mm-hmm. Meaning, it's, and it's not the end-all, be-all for it, certainly, because, like you said, there's kids that are 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old bloomers. They're all different levels. and But what it does, I guess, is for a kid who gets on the map early and continues to consistently get better, at least he's on the radar. Yeah. And then the kids who, you know, every year there'll be kids that fall off. There'll be new kids that jump on. So, anyways, without boring people to death, that's what I did all weekend was spent my my time in a hockey rink and my boys were with the O threes and had a great weekend. Uh, fortunate enough to my one boys moving on to the next national program or whatever they got. So it's, it's exciting times for him. And the other one, uh, he played best hockey probably he's played in a year. So it was great to see that. It was fun to sit back as a parent instead of a coach. And it was kind of fun to watch. But it's, you know what,
0: and where you go, the the ones that don't get there just yet, you know, this it's 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 a, it's a long road. And, uh, there's a lot of curves in this road that they're gonna. And you lived at ribs. I lived it. Uh, I, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a fourth round draft pick. So I I, I was on there was on teams. I would go when I was 14 years old, and I I had I did well. I scored goals in that first cut right out the door. I go. Uh, I went to another city, and a week later, first cut right out a team that I ended up playing junior for later on. And then it's just it's a winding, winding road. And I the, it was kind of funny because I my, my one of my best stories that I'll ever tell in uh in my. Uh, graduating up this ladder i was in midget playing midget and the calgary wranglers uh they're not there anymore they're um the, the hitmen they're called now but the calgary wranglers was our junior team and uh, we put them on a list there wasn't even drafts back then you got put on a list and if you're put on the list that was their property that's how it worked back in the day and so they're having a camp in swift current where i played my uh midget hockey at and the whole team got invited except me i didn't get invited to their camp and uh, I was sitting there, and so I, there was a guy, Lauren Fry, who uh, was our coach at the time. He's now actually a scout for the um, uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Joe Sakic's a good buddy. Yeah. And uh, so Lorne, he was fu- uh, sitting there, and uh, I, I ran into Lauren on the street, and he goes, what's going on? And we're talking because I played for him. And um, I said, hey, I, is there any way that I could get to that damn thing you know just it's one guy could I, and lorny said yeah let me do it and we had a guy uh named, last name was chalk colin chalk was the the son and so he went and talked to him Lorne he did so i got to there and after the camp was all said and done i went there and after the camp was done i was the only guy that got put on the list the whole team (laughs) so i went from zero to 100 and that's and that's what happened and then i went to and then but that's where my journey started at and it's just kind of crazy shit i wasn't even involved in the process i had to beg to get on there and then i
1: found a spot it's kind of crazy but you know what there's so many things like that that happen yeah there's so many kids and and you know boys and girls and all that in every sport that get overlooked just because maybe it's not the the hot topic of the week or or you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the one kid that everybody's looking at. And it's amazing what happens. And and you're right. It, it's not, not everybody hits their stride at the same age, and especially with hockey being a marathon the way it is. Like yeah. you can have an 18, 19-year-old, especially now you're seeing 20-year-old freshmen in yep. university playing hockey. And I use that just because that's my world. Like I don't know about the other sports. But for hockey, a 20-year-old freshman, like that's unheard of. It used to be yeah. 17, 18, and they were trying to get him younger and younger. Well, now they're trying to push them older and older so that they have them, they can develop, and even the NHL teams now, as we're seeing, and we're going to get to that in a second, they're wanting these guys to go to college and sign them and bring them to the NHL. If they're 20 years old, 21, coming out of college, I don't think the NHL feels like they're ready for it. So they got to send them down, they got to waste a couple years of the contract while they groom them in the minors. They come out at 23, 24, those are men. Yep. You know, and they're coming in. They're giving a, a, a pretty good chance to play the game. We're looking at uh, the kid in Boston, there, Donato. Mm-hmm. That kid steps out of what one day he's playing for Harvard, the next day he's scoring NHL goals, yeah. the next day he's back in school, and yeah. then he's scoring more goals. I, so, played,
0: I played with his dad in Boston.
1: You know, it's just things like that, that that kind of jump off the page. And what we'll do is we'll we'll go right into the Blues based on that because they signed some players here. Um, I guess we got a couple of college players that are coming to town. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Two forwards and a defenseman, I think. Two forwards and a defenseman. Says Blues sign Big Three of college hockey. And I got to tell you, I don't know that much about these guys. Uh, Mitch Ranke, Nolan Stevens, and Austin Pagansky. And uh, from what I'm told and what you've heard, looks like they're coming straight here.
0: Yeah, there's there's two that I had heard. There was two coming for sure, but they might even brought the third one. And just. You know, the, and like you said, there's black aces, but there. I'm just going off of what I, cause I'm, I'm what I hear on, on through the media and all that stuff. And I guess there's a chance they possibly could play. I think the, maybe the injuries are are hurting there, and they can bring these guys in, and you know, and maybe they might get a peek at them if they can. You know how that works. We, as we grew, went through this process when the college season ends. Once in a blue moon, you, Danny Felsner, I think was a kid that Denny came in. Danny Felsner, yeah. I believe Danny might. When we were in St. Louis, here, I think he might have had a like a a couple games to that process, and they want to see what you are, and it's part of the way to get a contract and get these guys out of the colleges, you know.
1: Well, one thing here, uh, this Ranky kid, 22, says he's going to report to St. Louis this week and be eligible to play in regular season. He played 35 games with Michigan Tech. He had three goals and 21 assists, 24 points. Not bad for a defenseman. No. Especially the college level. Uh, They don't play as many games, so...
0: Uh, anyways, the one forward put up some good scoring number. I think he was a captain of the one team that got beat up. It might have been Notre Dame that beat him. I'm not sure, but uh, he was the captain of the team. He put up some good numbers.
1: Well, the reason I focus on the defenseman more than anything yeah, right you. now is because we've lost Carl Gunnarsson. Yeah. Torres ACL. He's out for the season. And we already know that Jay Easter's out for the season. And so now this kid here, maybe he gets a sniff. I mean, obviously they got to give Schmaltz a chance to go here. Um, but isn't it funny how we go back months now yep. and everybody wants to get rid of Bowmeister, get yep. rid of Gunnarsson, get rid of everybody, right? I can't I was, stand this guy. I was that one guy. Yeah, that was me. Well, <laughs> now you're two injuries into it. Yeah. And now what? And what What did I say at that time? But I'm, I'm, I said the depth is going to be important and I, And I totally agree with you on that, and if, if Meester was gonna be
0: a seventh guy i but that's a lot of money for a seventh guy, but anyway, how they're starting to Meester goes out, Gunnarsson was playing probably playing best hockey this year that he's been playing, you know, he's getting a chance to play he's getting getting more minutes obviously but they're starting to win here, and I, but that's got to do with your your other the big captain. You know the way he's playing done, the way he's playing. You know other guys have stepped up into these roles and they took him on, and and they're on a they're on a roll right now. That's you know good for St. Louis because St. Louis hockey playoff hockey is what you want, and and they're they're sniffing now. They're they're there. There's going to be I think there's three teams left. I think I think Dallas has shot themselves here. I think they're going to be out of the playoffs now, and I think you got the Blues are, are sitting in there with the Kings. Uh, and the Ducks are sitting there, and there's one, one Colorado, more Colorado. So I think uh, one of them teams is going to not make it, if I'm not mistaken here. And uh, but it's a dogfight. But it, you know what? It's it's like you said. That's why you want eight defensemen around that can play the game, because you're if you're going on that long stretch to win this, the big one, you're going to need them all probably.
1: Well, and that's the thing, right? And, and we talked about it earlier, and, and I don't think we've ever disagreed on the amount of salary that yeah. maybe J, J- Bo was making. And I said, well, it's irrelevant because you're not going to be able to get rid of it and you're going to need a player. So might not have him be the player. Now, unfortunately we were minus him and Gunnarsson. So this is going to get taxing. Now we step back here. We'll go back to the back to back this weekend. We had Vancouver in town. Mm-hmm. Must win. We win that game. Thought yep. we played pretty solid. That was pretty good. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on that because, in my opinion, that is a game we should have won. Yeah. Now we fast forward to the next night in Columbus. Huge game. They have won at that time had won ten in a row, mm-hmm. and the Blues come out, play pretty good, and then our buddy, your buddy, Jake Allen, goes and puts on a bit of a clinic. For sure. Did you see that one yeah, save he made? Sweet. It's been on the ESPN highlights hockey. Oh I I mean, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it was amazing. yeah. It's incredible to watch that. And so it's funny, though, because here we are two weeks ago ready to you know, liquidate everything and yep. get rid of this guy, get rid of that guy. He's done forever. And now we're back in the playoff hunt as we sit today with 75 games played, 89 points. We're tied with L.A., but we have them on the regulation overtime wins. And we have a game in hand on them. We have a game in hand on Anaheim as well. They're at 91 points, and Colorado's at 90 points, and they're at same games as us, 75. So, realistically, here, all we have to make sure is that we stay ahead of LA or Anaheim, yeah, (laughs) because they're not going to, you know, they're going to jump into that division and whatnot. But right now, we have to hope that we kind of have to hope, and this is craziness, but you kind of have to hope that Anaheim keeps winning. Yeah. And LA keeps losing.
0: But you're going to find and you know this as well as I do is when you get to the end of the season, those California places out there, they're going to end their season playing each other all the time. So that it's going to sort of work in the Blues' favor, I think a little bit here. I think they got a Colorado's in there too. Colorado, Cause they, yeah. Cuz at the end of the season, you're sort of usually you, you you end the season staying close to home playing teams that are there in your division. They're trying to make it important as they can. Um so that that could work in the Blues' favor and and you know, remember 2 or 3 weeks ago we're sitting here and I and I sat over there in the Chrome's and we I I didn't know if they were going to make it. You didn't know they're going. You know we were sort of like you said. We didn't know what was going to go on. And I said that the only way they're going to win is Jake Allen's going to have to get hot, and they're going to win games like one nothing, two one, and that's what they're doing. And then the the team had to buy into it. Tarasenko goes gets hurt. The team gets a little closer together, I think, and understands we got to play a little better defense. Some other guys. You know Berglund. I, I got to give him a credit. He's been he playing good here lately. He scored some goals. Uh, Steen's getting into the pitcher here now. These are the guys at the start of the season. The, you know that the Blues were counting on. They're finally getting here. They uh, you know and I beat on them hard. I, I I don't I haven't been kind to them and saying but they're they're getting there now and it's it's helping this uh this team get going here and it's getting the fans excited again. So you know they're they're, they're there. They brought excitement back to the town town you know I wasn't the only one beating them up there's a lot of people beating no, them no, up No, they're and, taking a bit of a beating
1: yeah. and you know what look justifiably so things hadn't gone the way they'd planned they start I think what happened was the expectations got so high at the start of the season because they went on such a tear yeah. and came out flying and everybody thought wow this is this is it you know yeah. and it's not that it's not it but I think it regulated itself a little bit along with a couple of injuries to key guys especially Schwartzy at the time for sure I think it regulated itself hardcore at that point, and then everybody was kind of jumping off the ship, and now we find ourselves where we're in a battle, certainly for the last playoff spot. I do think that it's within reach. Oh, for sure. For you sure. know, I like the fact that we're one game in hand on LA, and we're still we're tied with them in points, but we have that game in hand. Now you got to win that game in hand. Yeah. Which is always the the kicker, but um, you know, overall, I think we're we're in pretty good shape. I mean, after we play. The Sharks here coming up uh, on Tuesday. Then we've got Friday against, this is a big game, Friday on the road in Vegas. Yeah. Saturday in Arizona. Yeah. So now, here's the danger. Won't be easy. Here's the danger of it, right? Like, you got the Sharks who are, what, eight games in a row now, I think they've won? Yeah. Something. They're playing great. They're playing good hockey. Evander Kane is like. Yeah, he's lighting it up. He's like something that's been shot out of a cannon out there. He's born again. He's brand new. He's
0: starting to play like the – he's starting to play, and I'm not going to – don't don't get me wrong when I say this, but he's starting to play like the power forward that he was supposed to be. He's doing it. He's oh, you're doing, right. you know, yeah, He went to sleep there for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm not saying he's like the Tockets and the Shanahans. I'm not going there, but he's, he's, he's
1: playing like he should play. Well, you know what? I, I will say this, and I've been just as skeptical and hard on this guy as anybody – he is playing a pretty powerful game right now. He he's hitting. He's even been in a couple fights. Yep. Like, he's scoring goals by the many goals, like for four sure. goals in one game, two yep. goals in the next game. Like, this guy's on fire. So, yep. we got him on Tuesday with a Sharks team that's battling as well yep. for their playoff lives because every game that these teams have right now, there's implications involved between seeding or they're punted out. You never know. Yep. Um, now, the interesting thing for me becomes the trip to Vegas. Now, I don't know when they're going out there. (laughs) I don't know when they're going out there. If they're going out on Thursday. uh, But, you know, who was it earlier this year? Calgary Flames, I believe, went in there. Or no, maybe it was the L.A. Kings. One of the teams, anyways, flew out the morning of (laughs) to play in Vegas because of you know, they talk, everybody's been laughing about the Vegas flu that's happening. to hit these teams because they're not playing very well in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, and then even Calgary, our, our buddy Brad Treliving yeah. he booked the mom's trip <laughs> to go with the players to Vegas, <laughs> <laughs> hoping that maybe it keep the boys inside a little bit. <laughs> uh, but it, it it certainly presents an interesting situation because it's not just the Vegas flu. The Vegas Golden Knights are a hell of a hockey team. For sure. They're well coached. They work hard. They're fast. They've got everything to prove. Even nothing to lose. When their top goalie goes down, then the next guy comes
0: in and he stands on his head, too. It's crazy. <laughs> it's
1: unbelievable. And then how about that? I don't know if you saw this, and, and I put it back out there on Twitter about how much fun this Vegas team is, but Mark andre Fleury, something happens in the game where he has to leave the game. They don't disclose it because, you know, it's right near playoff time. And so he misses the rest of that game, takes the next day for a maintenance day, and Subban plays, and then they come back again, and Flurry rejoins the team, and he's okay. Well, they asked her in the locker room to Flurry, they said, well, what happened in the middle of that game? Like, what can you tell us about that? He goes, "Uh, well, he says, I was sitting there, and he goes, I realized that I hadn't DVR'd days of our lives. So he says, I knew if I had to hurry quick and get back to the house and get my DVR set up, so I had to leave the game and go do that. And and so the media's laughing about it. And then they go, well, what about the maintenance day? Oh, he says maintenance day. He goes, well, what happened there is coach and I decided that since it was a, a marathon of Days of Our Lives the next day, it'd be best if I got completely caught up so that I wouldn't have to leave the game again the next time. <laughs> so, we, uh, so they go through that, and then Gerard Gallant, you know, they they come to him after, and uh, he, I forget what he said, something to the effect where they're like, well, Marc-Andre Fleury says he had to uh, go home and, and record Days of Our Lives and then watch the marathon, and <laughs> I forget what Gerard said. He he came back with a, another TV show. He goes, oh, I thought maybe it was like Shark Tank or something like this, <laughs> something funny like that. But my point is is that these guys are having fun out there.
0: They're loose. yeah. They're, they're, you know, yeah. like you
1: got Marc-Andre Fleury, who one of the loosest goalies mm-hmm. I've seen in a while because, you know, Grant Fear was the last guy I remember being so kind of goofy and having fun and playing the position and loving it and doing so well. Yeah. You got Flurry comes in here and he's loosey goosey, smiling, doing commercials, doing all this silly stuff. And he's on Pawn Stars, being the expert for his own jersey that's <laughs> being auctioned off. Like, and you got Gerard Gallant, who you know, Spuddy. Yeah, he's a pretty serious guy, intense guy. He likes to have fun, but now you have this situation that presents itself.
0: That's kind of cool, right? But That's the old the old school coaching the way they didn't give a hell what you did off the ice, but when you got to the rink bring all you got. And that's what that's what old school hockey was all the time. You as long as you showed up and put your 60 minutes in, the coach didn't really care what was going on. And you know, then it's, you know, the game's changed. It's gone done a 180 here where you're now you're in the video all the time and you're, you know, it's a nutrition, all this stuff going on and 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 I get it. I get it. Don't get me wrong, but back in the day and Glant played there and, I, and I'm sure he don't care. He likes that. He like you know, you want a loose team. When you when you get guys like Holly in that that Holly wasn't a dead serious guy. You know, he was <laughs> – Yeah. they liked their fun. And in the locker room, it was fun. That's And that's the part where – that's why back in the day when you always ask players, what do you miss about the game? I, I always say the locker room because it was fun times in there. You know, there was you would sit around and sh- – but that's what they got going on in Vegas right now. So obviously – and, and you know, and then you go from Vegas and you go to Arizona. So what's going on in Arizona? You got a bunch of young kids by our own home, growing, grown guy here Keller. They're playing well. You
1: know, the so the blues are
0: gonna be in for a hunt here.
1: Well, yeah, and that's the thing is somebody the other night tried to look past the coyotes. God, I wish I could remember. They tried to look past them almost like, well, you know, and they got beat. Yeah. And it's like right now that's the danger of these games. Is Coyotes have nothing to lose. They've got young players who are very talented that are literally have no leashes now because Mm -hmm. they're just gonna be like, go for it. Yep. And you know as well as I do that those kids. And, and with no restrictions, and they're flying around. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes, but they're also going to do a lot of shit out there. For sure. And There's a lot so of talent out there, man. It really, it really causes a big problem for the yep. Blues because they've got to be dialed in for the Vegas team that's one of the best in the conference, and then they've got to be dialed in for the, I guess, last place team in the conference, one of them anyways, yep. that's pretty dialed in themselves with some great young talent. And so this is going to be interesting. This is a, this week itself is going to be uh, interesting to say the least, just because of the way the games the way they set up. And then you look at LA's schedule. You know they've got the Flames tonight in LA, and the Flames have been, yeah, they you know, be they've, been yeah, uh, they've
0: been have been
1: lukewarm to say the least. Yeah. And then here you go, Kimby. They play the Coyotes on Thursday. And then L.A. plays Anaheim on Friday. In Anaheim. Yeah. So there's your West Coast matchup. So if we're fast-forwarding, if the Blues can be so lucky as to get two wins under their belt here before they have to play the Coyotes, the Kings would have to play – would have to keep pace by beating Calgary, Arizona, and then they've got a divisional game against the Ducks. Yeah. So this is uh, is – and the
0: funny thing is, when you when you look at this ribs and, and you know everyone's starting to crunch where we're going, who's playing who, and and as players you do that stuff too. The thing with the Blues and it's gone on at least the last half of the year, and it's got to be longer than that because Jake was hot at the start, but then you know you go to the other, I think the backup comes in, and he does what he does, and then now you don't hear about him anymore because Jake's on fire again and. Uh, you know, Jake, going, Jake goes missing for a month or whatever the hell it was, but and the, you know things things were taken care of. But now I, I'm comfortable here because he's he's seeing the puck again. This is this is how this is what went on in Minnesota last year. He went in and he said, "Here I am, and I'm going to be there." And they start winning the games. You find a way to hey Tarasenko get a goal here, Steen get a bur-, you know. Find guys to get one or two goals, and then he's sitting there holding the fort. Right now, that's what's going on. So, yeah. you know that I agree. He's the he's the man that's carrying the show right now, and so hopefully he stays there because you never know. What uh, Bill Parcell says: you just try to get to the dance. That's just all you're there. trying there.
1: Yep. Well, you are, you are right. Last year, the end of the season, Jake Allen went on a tear to end the regular season, and mm-hmm. then he went on a tear in the first round. That I'm not gonna. You know, discredit any of the other players, but Jake, in my opinion, was the number one reason the Blues won the first round for sure. When you're outshot two to one in almost every game, yeah, like that's your that's your MVP at that point. But so. he comes,
0: the MVP when you get to playoff time. That's that's the guy there, and I don't care. You watch any team that goes down the road; it's that's the guy that goes. Maybe even even the Oilers when they had their Grand Fury had to be good. You yeah, know? so you, that and that was a powerhouse Pittsburgh. Their goaltender has to be good. You know, it's, it's Marty Brodeur when they were winning. He had to be good. It's just the way. So that's so the Blues got
1: that guy going right now. So that's huge right now. So, All right. Well, then this segment here leading up to our Innovated Companies, Heating and Cooling. And this is going to be our hot topic. And we're going to say our hot player and our cold player right now. So building off the heating and cooling from InnovatedCompanies.com. Right now, and I'm going to throw it out there because I just want to see a reaction. Hot player Berglund. Yeah, no, it's not. He's playing well. <laughs> Come he's on, give me. Not your hot player. Well, I'm taking Jake Allen out of it. Okay, we're disqualifying ah, well, Jake.
0: That, that if you take, take Jake out, but then you go to the, you go to the captain because the captain's doing a hell of a job right now. <laughs> So I'm going to give those two, but on the forward side. So we worked our way from the goaltender to the defensive. To the day. now our now forward. Now we'll go to the forwards, and I'll give you the – So Berglund and I said I've been hard on him. I've been riding his ass, him and Steen, and they're playing better right now. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy. If a person wants to come and play the way they're supposed to come and play and do what they're supposed to do, I'm not going to say my. And you know us Ribs, but that's if you're not going to do your job, that's where I get down on you. And he's using the size. He's the puck's going in for him right now. So yes, you're right. He is
1: at the at the forward spot. He's one of the guys that's probably at the top of the ladder that's carrying this thing right now. Well, I agree. You know, and, and I, I bring it up just because we have fun with. Oh, it, for sure. Okay, and you know, but you're right. He has been hot and cold, and right now he's 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 heating up, yep. and it's it's great because he is a big guy and he's using his size. And Coach Mike Yo even said that he goes, you know, when Berglund is physically engaged in the game. He makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. And then, shoot, they have him on the ice in the last minute of play in Columbus. When Columbus has the goal he pulled, now he scored at the end. It was too late. But still, but he put himself in that position by blocking a shot and playing good defensively. And if he's engaged to play the game the right way, with his size and his ability, he can make a big difference. Yeah. You know? So now, to flip this, then we're not going to say players that are playing bad – the cooling side, meaning players that are cooling down a little bit, maybe too much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What forward do you think right now could give us just a little bit more? You'd like to see them heat up a bit. Well, I, I don't know. Do you go? Are you,
0: are you going off points or because?
1: No, I'm just talking about. Let's just n- never mind the points, right? Because sometimes that's not a clear indicator on how a guy's playing. Yeah. Just you know, overall. It, are you? You don't have to name somebody if you don't think anybody's really playing that poorly or that you don't think that jumps off the page. And you know, I got to go. I got. I'd have to go get
0: in the weeds here a little bit if I was going to find someone because I think everyone's. I think the team is bought in here to this system, and I and I'm not. And I'm not saying just system. I think they understand what they need to do to win. And you know, yeah, it's like Shannon Schwartz. Their numbers aren't. you are not putting the biscuit in, the, but they're doing their job. You know, I'm not taking. So you can't because you got other guys stepping up now that. That's why they're winning. You know, the Steens are scoring now. The Berglund's scoring. Ankles putting the odd goal in here. Those guys are, you know, the the one kid, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because you'll eat me up, the, the newest one there. but
1: he'll uh, Susnikov. <laughs> yeah.
0: He'll, uh, you know, he, he he was doing his job. He's brought life, yeah, he's you brought know what? life to the he thing. He has. You know? He
1: has done a good job. And, so, you know, I while we're on him, you know, not that we were negative. I think we are pretty realistic about it when we traded for him. We said he's a third liner. Yeah. And he is. He's yeah. a third liner. But... He brings some energy for sure. He brings a little fire in his belly. Yeah, uh, you know what he reminds me of. He reminds me of a young Saboka. That's
0: where I was just gonna say Saboka. Yeah, I wish he could find that again. Yeah, and that's and we and we've talked about that all year though. Yeah, you know that fourth line when you, uh, I'll I'll still go on record when Reeves was there and and you know it brought excitement to the rink and when you bring excitement to the rink if things aren't going your way. It finds other players a reason to get going here because the crowd starts to get into it. Some, some guy's gone out here and done something. And that's you know, that's the, that's what they've been missing all year, I thought. And so it's, it's nice to see a guy come in and just, you know. he did, and, and again, we're not talking about fighting. We're not doing that. We're just a guy that's throwing. He throws his goddamn body at the net. He does. You know, he's, just, yeah. he's competing. He's
1: finishing his – he's competing, and that's all you want to see. No, I agree. I agree. All right, moving on to our next segment here. Tax resolution by Tommy Brown, on the bench with butter. Tax resolution by TommyBrown.com. Talking about fixing things. How do we fix our power play still? Well. Because I've got an idea in my head, and we touched on it before, but I want to see what you're thinking. Yeah,
0: the power play, I think, with what they got here right now, and people are going to say think that I'm crazy, but. At the st- first half of the year, everything was trying to go over to Tarasenko. Everything was going through him. And we talked about it probably, I don't know, did we talk about two weeks ago, I think, maybe? And I said, and I mentioned, uh, it was two or three weeks ago, I mentioned Ray Bork, what we did in Boston. Well, not we, but what Boston did. They throw the puck back to him and boom, 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 shoot the puck. And then the Blues come out, and I think they scored two power play goals against, I forget which team it was. Chicago. Yeah, and and that was what they were doing. Throw The guy at the point was shooting the puck, and it was going, and there was traffic going to the front of the net. and. But who wasn't there that day? Well, yeah, I know who exactly. The boss wasn't there.
1: Yeah, and look, here's here's the thing. I'm not s- foolish enough to think that the St. Yeah. Louis Blues are better without Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, I'm not sure. saying that at all. Trust me. So before everybody eats me alive here, yeah, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, unfortunately, when he returned and when he was there before, and we talked about this, Vince Dunn. Well, now Vince Dunn's moved off of the first unit. He's on the second unit now. No. Which, I know Petro's going and all these things, but you're putting your top shooter, who's supposed to be a quick-release guy, you're putting him on the point now as a quarterback in 91. And, yep. and for the life of me, this is where I, I just can't be sold on it. No. Nope. Because goal scorers need to score goals. They're not out there to you know, run the power play. They're not out there to distribute the puck they're there to shoot it yeah you know and like lots of players we use Brett Hall all the time but even Brendan Shanahan back in the day like he'd say pass it around guys when you're ready to shoot the puck pass it to me for sure and he'll shoot it yep and because that's what he knew was his strength and in my opinion it's not that Vladdy can't pass it's not that he's not a good playmaker it's not that he's not smart but that's not his number one feature Yep. you know his feature is shooting the puck And so he's up at the top of the blue line with Petro, and somehow he always ends up on his wrong side. So he ends up on his one-timer side. And he's managed to shoot a few more one-timers this year, maybe like five or six. But you got a guy who doesn't like to shoot the one-timer in his one-timer spot. So now you know it's the opposite. Every time the puck goes over there, he's going to handle it. It's going to give you that half a second to readjust your strategy. Yep. And I don't like that the puck always finds its way to him. Yeah, Like, you know, I like that you like Vince Dunn, when he was there, like, why wouldn't you have Petro Dunn and then have Tarasenko as one of the forwards? Mm -hmm. That he can move around kind of like he did before when our power play was pretty successful, and I'm going back here, with Steen and Shattenkirk working the point, and Tarasenko literally skated back in behind the net, you know, half-moon style from one side of the ice to the other, and he found a spot, they got him the puck, and he'd shoot... And we get a goal. Yep. Why do we not go back to that? And so, you're then the reference that you talked about
0: earlier is Holly, and, and I'm not putting Holly in that same category because Holly was one of a kind, um, you know, player wise shooting the puck. But he's but Tarasenko, and Holly's even said it himself, you know, that's where, you know, the closest guy on the Blues is who, who's going to get to what Holly did, and that's what Holly sees in him, and he shoots the puck hard like that. But back even when Holly played, Jeff Brown, uh, Al, when, and I wasn't here when Al was here, but when Al McGinnis was here. So there was that threat of that big shooter up there. That's what opened the door up for Holly, also. Cause Absolutely. You have Adam Oates running around, and, and we got a guy, you guys, who, if you want to be Steen, you want to be Shen, whoever you want it to be, uh, Swartz, they could all get that guy, the puck over there. You know, They're not going to be Adam Oates, but you need the threat of the shot up front, up, up up here. And Adam Oates, I played with him in Boston, I played him in St. Louis, he had Ray Bork here. He had Jeff Brown, Scotty Stevens, when he was there. He would shoot the puck too. That that's what his job was. And then you had you had your prime time scorer sitting over here. So whether it be Cam Neely was there or Brett Hall or whatever, yeah. but that it gives it gives OT options. That's what it did. So Tarosinko should be an option, not where the guy focal point of the guy moving the biscuit. And I agree with you on that. So now I got because like Petro could shoot the puck. We all know that he's been doing good. Yeah. So but if you got done sitting there. Don could be that guy that
1: could sit on that other side. Have the way he shot it there, the way he's been shooting it. Yes, like I liked his no hesitation. Yeah, bam, you know, and it's like to me. You gotta have that, and I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You can't just have it isolated with one guy. So now your your focal point, the guy who's supposed to score the goals, is holding the puck the whole time. Well, guess what? As the penalty kill, penalty killers, it's easy to focus. I just got to worry about the guy with the
0: puck. Yeah, but I, I but I that takes away and where I think we're done could get in there. I'd, I've never liked the idea of uh, Steen being out here. I don't. I don't like him out there. I, he can be down low. He's I, good in front of the net. Yeah, I like him there. Yeah, I like him better down there as opposed to up here. Cause, yeah. And you know, let the let the options a bit. You know, Steen can go find something to do well, down see, there in front of the net. He was standing
1: right in front of the net for two of those goals in Chicago. Yep. That were the bombs from Vince Dunn. One deflected. One went in. He's standing right in front of the net for yep. both of those. And so, and so
0: Dunn's showing he could do it. So, you you kind of wonder like when Holly. When Hall, back in the day when Hawley was on the ice and if he wasn't getting the puck, he would let you know about it. I, I'm not saying,
1: and you had to respect that. Well, yeah, I mean the guy says 60, 70, 80 goals a yeah. year. You kind of have to listen to him.
0: Because yeah, if, he's, if he's doing that, I'm pretty sure he's coming back to the bench if he ain't seeing the puck and Back in the day, it was Sudsy and I'm pretty sure he said, you know, I, I know what he was saying to him. He's saying, give me the goddamn puck, please. Yeah. I'm ready to go here. So I'm not saying Tarasenko's doing that because he might be saying it in Russian anyway. They ain't going <laughs> to understand him what he's saying. <laughs> but if Petro or somebody's sitting there, or like if Steen, they, they got, they've been around long enough where even if he was barking a little bit, you still have to understand my, the, the, all the options. There's got to be options on the table. If it's a one-option game, like you just said, I could shut that down with the Bloody Bantam team. Yeah, it's. You know, if that's your only option. So there has to be options. The Blues have options. And. So I I don't know where that's going. You know I I wonder where it's I wonder what the, the the lead director I wonder what
1: he's doing or who. And I'm not saying it's not necessarily a coach. No no, this, like you know yourself as a coach, you put it together on paper, you work on it in practice, then. But once it gets out onto the ice in a game, yeah. like it's in the players' hands for sure. You can't you don't have a remote control. This isn't PS4 yeah. NHL 18 here. No. Like you don't have that option. No. So you've got to let the players. A I coach. guess they always say. You know, make the plays you can see. Yeah. So This is this like any sport. You go to, like, ba- basketball.
0: A coach sits there. These are the plays I got for you. And now it's up to the players. Well, here, I, I got all these plays. I got five plays. Let me see what's going on. I'm going to call my play, right? So the players are the ones that are going to decide. So they, I'm sure they got two or three systems they want to run through. Here's how we're going to get to Tarasenko. Here's how we can do this. Do, here's how we go down low. You know, we've all done that. So I, I just wonder why it's always... Get the puck. Leave. The, get the puck out of his damn hands and
1: let someone else. Create, Couldn't agree more. You know, I so. think he's the guy where the puck needs to end up, not end start. Up. Correct. Correct. And Correct. so, you know, funny story about Holly. You talk about his personality and you talk about him where he, if he didn't get the puck when he thought he should have, like he was vocal about it. Mm-hmm. And obviously. I am okay with that because every time well once every other time he when he got the puck he scored a goal. Yeah. So it's, it was okay with me. Yeah, you're not going to argue there. But we had just traded for Pierre Turgeon. And Turge came in as you know he was a point-of-game guy, pretty big name in the NHL. He came to us as Holly's going to be his new his new centerman. Mm-hmm. And so they get out there in the power play the first couple of games and it's not clicking exactly the way it should certainly not like it did with Oatsy and yeah. even with Craig Janney and you know so turge comes in and it's like yeah you know kind of forcing it a little bit and so then we get to the bench after one power play and Holly yells at the trainer the equipment guy give me a towel <laughs> and the guy's like okay and he takes the towel and he throws it over his shoulder give me another towel and we're like what the <laughs> hell so the trainer comes over gives him a second towel Well, he takes it and he ties it to the other towel and he droops it around him like a sash. And everybody's looking at him. He goes, well, if I'm going to be the goddamn Statue of Liberty out there, I might as well look like her too. (laughs) Everybody started laughing. He goes, this guy won't pass me the puck. I'm just a statue. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was was so funny because, you know, Pierre, there's a little bit of a language barrier there. He's a French guy coming to a brand-new team. Doesn't know Holly from, you know, Adam. And... Now he's got this guy saying he's a Statue of Liberty out there in the slot, you know, standing there <laughs> with his stick up in the air and yeah, you know, so we're laughing and Pierre doesn't quite get it, and then somebody explains it and then Pierre is an awesome guy, and he started laughing too, and so he <laughs> you know he caught on and then of course, they went on to have pretty good success, but you know it was it was weird because that dynamic was was difficult and and there was another time, like three or four games in, Another situation between Holly and Terz. And like you say, Holly used to like to kind of give it to his centerman when he wasn't getting the puck. Holly would walk in before the game and have his coffee. And everybody's doing their sticks. And I'm sitting there and I'm taping my stick. And he walks over to Terz's stick, picks it up right in front of him, looks down at like the barrel of a gun, like looks down at the curve, (laughs) flexes it. Holds it, twists it, and then throws it on the ground. Doesn't even put it back to where he goes. He throws it on the (laughs) ground. And Turris like looks at me as he's walking away. He goes, you must be better than I thought you were using that stick. (laughs) 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 <laughs> now, mind you, Holly never saw a stick he liked except his own. Exactly. So that's really not on turf. He did that to everybody's but, stick, and he looked at everybody's stick, like even like me. Or I was sitting, he'd look at it and go, "Yeah, that's uglier." Oh uh, yeah, it was never. And so he, he went after everybody on that one. Well, I fell victim my first year with Holly too because I used a longer stick. I used to like to shoot the puck, and I'm like, you can get a lot more bang for your buck with a long stick. Mm-hmm. Well He comes in, and we had the the rink is painted. In the middle of the room. Keenan did that. He came into the whole rink in the middle of the room thing, yeah. you know? And so Holly takes my stick and walks over to the edge of the rink and leans in and he's like <laughs> pulling this stuff around, and like shaking it. And I'm like, what the hell? And he pulls it over to the side and shakes it out on the side of the rink. And he goes, Look at the goddamn pool skimmer you're using. <laughs> <laughs> so that jackass was sitting there acting like the rink was the pool, and he's getting the leaves <laughs> off the top of the water. So trust me, it wasn't just the great players no, no, that got it. We it all through. got it from him, but yes, we it was funny enough, that's for sure. So all right. So as we fast forward into our next couple of games here, what are you thinking against San Jose? What are the keys to victory for the Blues there? Well, it, that's going to be a lot of. Uh, that, that's going. They're going
0: to be playing a team that looks just like them. now because San Jose is going to be playing defensive, but but their coach lets them go though. He he lets them run, and they they run wild a bit. They they got a they've got a new life in them since uh, they got uh, um, the boy out of Buffalo here. Camed. Kane. Kane. So Evander Kane, when he comes in there, um, he's looking like Citizen Kane right now. You know, he's just, <laughs> but he's, but yeah, he's got this team going. They're all believing. They've won nine games or whatever they said you said they'd won, and the, the team's playing well. So this it's another big test, which I like from the Blues because you know let's see where they're at. Let's see what's going on. You know, can Jay keep it up? Is that the the process? And so it's it'll be a hard defensive
1: fought game again. It's going to come down to a goal or two. Yeah, no, I agree. And then obviously we've already talked about not so much the concerns of playing Vegas, but yeah. you know the obvious thing, if we take away the whole the sideshow that is Vegas, the fun sideshow, whatever you want to call it, it's a damn good hockey team. Yeah. And, and that's going to be a tough one.
0: And it, it, things, I, like I said, when we were talking earlier, though, these other teams are going to play each other out there. LA's and Anaheim, they, they, I'm sure they got to play each other. I haven't even looked at the schedule. But Colorado, these guys are going to have to bump here. And... That's a, that's a huge because only one team's gonna well, unless you, you know you get the tie and the win then that sort of falls against you. But you've always said in every room you've been in, risen when you're going down this road, as long as the the games, whatever, you, if you win your game, you take care of yourself, and that's all you ever ask for in this game. So it's all on the blue shoulders. If they just keep winning, they'll get in. So that's what you want, and so we'll
1: see if they can continue this. It looks good though. I agree. Yeah, we talked about that last week. We said, you know, why worry about everybody else and just. Literally, you have to put yourself in the frame of mind like, okay, we have to win every single game. Yep. Now, I'm not going to think 10 games out from now or whatever's left. I know it was 10 games at the time when we talked about it. However, what we got left now is what, seven games? Yeah, I think six or seven, yeah. You can't think ahead, oh, guy, we got to win seven in a row. You got to think about we got to beat San Jose. Yeah. And you literally have to treat every single game like it's a small playoff game mm-hmm. or a small playoff series, if you want to call it, right? And yep. just like you go into a playoff series where you're not looking to – win the series. You can't win all four games the first night. That's right. You gotta win game one before you can win game two, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. I think that, that mentality almost has to be in the blues locker room. Like and I don't know your thoughts on this and I, I'm a little wacky like this, but I'm a big fan of having the group together in one like one common goal, right? Yep. For the group. And I know that playoff teams do all these things where they have, you know, pieces of the cup where they they put it on the wall and they have stickers and they get pucks and they fill up their thing and do all this yeah. thing. I'm the kind of guy that right now, and I don't know if they have it and I'm not in a locker room, but I'm the kind of guy right now that would have something like that set up for the Blues for the rest of the regular season. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I know, I like, there's, like you said, there's got to be goals. People, whatever your goals may be, uh, how the system works out, usually. I've been on teams where there has been that way, where you try to reach a five-game segment, and you're trying to reach your goal so but many points. But that's in the
1: days of bonuses. Yeah, that's those in, ain't happening anymore. But
0: but you're you are talking bonuses right now because if you get to the playoffs, you're getting a bonus out of this deal. So yeah, the players share. There's, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a pot of gold at the end for you here if you want to get there. I and I agree with you totally on that. So the, that that's a good thing. I just the thing I'm liking about it right now where they're at Ribs is, I think they're all buying into it. They know that they're going to have to win two to one, three to two, one nothing, whatever the score is. The goalie's playing well. The defense are doing their job, and it's not Tarasenko just scoring a goal. It's not Swartz just scoring a goal, or Shen scoring, you know, five goals. It's, everyone's scoring a goal right now, and so Berglund, Steen, these guys all got to keep coming to the broads. You know, every, and who knows? It's but that's the that's what playoff hockey's about. You know that as well as I do. Your your good players are probably going to score goals. But who else is gonna score goals? You know, the, who's gonna score from the third line? Who's gonna score from the fourth line or the second line? You know? And I think right now in the last little while, you're getting goals from everybody. And that's a hard team to play against when you're getting goals from everybody.
1: No, you're right. And it, it has to be that way. Yeah. Like you said. You have you can't just rely on one guy, one line because no. what happens when the success isn't there? What oh darn it we lose? Yeah. No, you gotta find other ways to, to forge through it. For so sure. I guess As you look back, or as you look forward into the the end of the season, as a coach, coaching staff, because they have a group of them, for sure. There, Christ, they got lots of staff. They got lots of staff. Yeah. Um, Do you think you you've had conversations with your leadership on a daily basis, or do you think you're kind of letting it just go as it is? Because do you? I guess my question is: Do you just assume that the leadership in the locker room know what's at stake? Or do you make sure that you have daily or every other day just little meetings, like a coffee, yeah, with your leaders to find out how's the room doing, what are we thinking? I, I think that
0: might have happened before. A couple, of, I, I think when the, I think once you get on when you get on a roll, you're on right now. I think is I think the coach, um, I think he tried to step away a little bit. You know, you just you let it keep rolling till you have to involve yourself. You know what I mean? not not right away from it you you still you got to you got to have your meetings of how the what the penalty kill the power play and all that how oh, they yeah, play yeah. all that stuff but i think you sort of let the i would have to think that the i don't know cuz leading up to this they fi- they found jake again so he he found himself again so he's playing well so they missed that um Tarasenko sits up in the stands and they win those are little messages there so that that takes and i'll say this that takes Tarasenko's head and it shrivels it up a little bit and it's not so big cuz he goes what the hell just happened there? They won without me. So things... When well, get-
1: he came back, guns a yeah. too.
0: Yes. And so that's... It, it puts a... Because, y- you know, as well as anything in hockey, if your ego's flying high, usually players are, you, or yourself is, is doing much better in the game. When you're, you're down in the dumps, that's when... So I think a lot of the Blues players, like I said earlier, they're all contributing now. So I think they're their egos are getting a little bit bigger. They're more involved with the team. It's, it's becoming a team effort as opposed to just an individual guy. Like when Shen was hot, you know, he was riding it all Swartz, He got hot for a while. He was riding it all. So now it's all sort of coming together. Everybody's been involved in this process, and I think that's where
1: the success is coming from right now. I agree. I do. Um, I guess my look, the way I look at it sometimes is that these coaches are much like CEOs, of big companies right because sure. you've got to find out as a CEO what makes every one of your employees tick how do yep. you get the most out of everybody so that one you yep. you're making money to your business is successful and three it's somewhere where people want to work yep so as a coach I view that almost the same as where I look back about a month ago somewhere in there where you know Mike Yo kind of called out a lot of players Yep. in the media and it wasn't it was a bumpy road mm-hmm. you could tell their guarantee there was a little Oh, yeah. Divider in the room. A little ah. tension to where well, I'm not talking players. There, yeah, but there was there's shit going on there. I'm talking coaches, yeah. players. It was probably not the best time to the ship had a hole in it. Not many guys were hugging it out no. at that time. No. So the way I look at it is right now they found their 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 I I don't know, their effort again, their their way, they're playing better. Jake mm-hmm. Allen's playing much better. The team is playing much better. If I'm a coach, and I don't mean having meetings like sit down and you know here's what we're going to do I'm talking about Let's let the team know that we're in this together, right? And, you know, they got a great big office over there now for the coaches where it's like, it's not like it used to be where you go down to that one office and the coach <laughs> is like, meet me in my office. You're like, oh, God, this is awful, you know? It's like going to the principal's office. It's not like that now. They got a great big room. It's well lit and all the coaches work in the same room. And so it's, it's well, little, well lit. A little more. It is well lit. The lighting's fantastic, by the way. Great upgrades down at the sky. <laughs> but oh, I guess what I'm saying is you have your captains. Come in there, and you say, hey, look, guys, uh, once every couple of days, I'm going to just have you come in and have a coffee with us. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't mean to, have to actually have a coffee. What it means is let's open the lines of communication. How are we doing? How are the players doing? Yep. How's so-and-so's hip flexor, you know, this and that. Like, you already know the answers to this. But I guess what it creates, in my opinion, is the players then view the coaches as part of them. Yep. And so now they want to play well. To help the coaches, right? Like, it's this that's always the battle, right? Can do you take that hard line as a coach where you're just an asshole the whole time and they play because they're afraid of you, which usually those guys are short lived? Yeah. Or do you get a guy like Joel Quenville or Scotty Bowman? You know, Scotty's a bit of an asshole sometimes, but he did it strategically. Yeah. But where guys want to be successful because they want the coach to be
0: successful. But that, and so uh, along the lines you're saying, and I totally agree with you. And that goes in the in the working world. If if you're a boss and you went to CEOs, if you put an employee and you say, "Hey, this is what I need done," and if you let that employee even just have a one percent of the fraction to say that he had he was a part of building that, it's going to be a much happier atmosphere because now the employee feels like he's worth something, as opposed to sitting there being told, "This is what you're going to do. This is what's going to happen." You know. So by would you say inviting men in, into the room, the well lit room, get him in, get. <laughs> Get them in there and let the, you know, start at your leadership and feel like they're, they're not being rats. They're, they're, they're just, they're talking about. No, but let them be
1: part of the, part solutions, of the solutions, right? right? And then, like,
0: and they walk down the ladder and say, you know, you know, that, that's good leadership. Cause then they got to come in and bring everyone in. Well, the then game. they got
1: ownership in this thing. For sure. You know, that's what I look at it is. Exactly. okay, you guys came, we shot the shit, you know, last week. Yep. And you said, well, we really feel like this is working. We think this might work. We really think this combination. Yep. And now I said, okay, I trust you. Well, it ain't fucking working now. Yeah. So now what? Well, guess what? That leadership, they're going to go back to the room. They're going to be like, hey, guys, yeah. like, come on here. Because, I, you know, I just think that any environment I've been in that's, that's, that's won or been successful, I've always found that the best way to success is to create ownership amongst the entire group. Yeah. So that everybody feels like they're pulling for the guy beside them, and they have to trust the guy beside them to pull for them for it to work.
0: And it's almost at the point... From so, where you went from, where there was about a, a three or four holes in the boat, and the boat was sinking to now you're plugging the holes up, so now you're getting to a point and at some point i don't I don't know the, I don't know the answer to what happened i I don't know something's gone on where they're all buying into this shit now, and so they bought into it, they're taking their own individual stuff, and it's sort of been put on the back burner now, so contracts and that this isn't the time for that, and everyone's bought into it, and you know you're getting ready for the you're trying to get to the second season where. Really, it matters. That's because everyone plays for the cup. I, that that still has to be part of the game. I would yeah, absolutely. So you want to get there to have a shot at it. And so I think maybe focus is coming a little bit more. Hey, we've we've sort of sucked here at some point, and now we've climbed out of it. How did we climb out of it? Because they're smart enough to understand what they've done to get to that point, and their eagles have gotten a little bit bigger here. Like I said, other people are starting to be part of the game with Everstein and these guys. You know, they, they they've been harped on quite a bit. burgling. Now they're getting a little praise, so they're getting a little pat in the back instead of kicking the ass. So they're, they're starting to play a little bit, and so they feel more of a team. So now we've got a team effort going on here. So that's what you want to keep going. If that, if that stays what they're doing right now, and they're winning because the, they're playing playoff hockey right now. They are. Oh, well, they have to, right? Because they're 2-1 one games. One, those, that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. It's not going to be a blowout. And so if you're doing that, your goaltender's doing you know you're – with Jake playing the way he's playing right now, uh, I'll always go back to that, the way he's playing, at least I know when I'm going into a rink – On the road or at home, I have a chance to win, and that's all you're asking for. No, you're right.
1: So then I guess that begs the last question here before we wrap up. We've got San Jose, then in Las Vegas, then back-to-back Coyotes. Who are your goalies on what night? Because Hutton's back now. Yeah. So who are you going with? Are you changing anything? Are you modifying it? Are you even playing another goalie? What are you thinking? I my one of my good friends is Eddie Belfour,
0: and you weren't taking him out of the net. He's there, uh, uh, and I don't even think you can chance that right now. Because Jake, but do you think there's a burnout risk? Bullshit. Not not this bullshit. Time. Eh? Well, okay. not this time. So this is this. I mean, is, they got seven games left. I don't care. This the, is Jake's taking this thing now, and he he's he's got it. He's fought and struggled. He's had the whole city, not the whole city, a lot of the city go after him saying, you know, Hutton's our goaltender. Jake's now he's proven that he's winning these games. He's getting help from his teammates. They're all buying into it. You, he sits in that damn net no matter what goes on. If a game gets out of control or something, then you can maybe give him a rest at that point in time, but he starts every damn game going down the road right now.
1: It's too valuable. All right, well, I look at When's it like, the last time Hutton's played? No, it's been a long time. Yeah, but okay. I look at it this way. I look at it as... If everything goes according to plan, which means he, Jake plays well against San Jose, has a good game against Vegas, to me, I'm coming back with Hutton in Arizona. The I, I, reason. He, the reason. I need breathing room, though, man. I, I, he ain't going there unless I got breathing room. <laughs> but hear me out on this. It's a game that I don't want to say you should win, but Connor Hutton was playing pretty good hockey. I okay? agree. I so agree. I, I'm worried. I guess the, the risk... That I'm worried about is that you burn out Jake a little bit because let's be honest, after that, the entire everything's going to go on his show. That might be the only game he gets yeah. off the rest of the the rest of the way. Yeah, I don't. I'm,
0: I'm totally on the other side. You go, we go now, and, and you right. know, and you, hey, let's let's be realistically here, and I and people always probably sit there and say, oh, there goes those fuckers again talking old school hockey, but. <laughs> Back in the day, you you know, when playoff time comes, I watched Eddie Belfour sit there, he'd play boom, boom, then you'd get one day off, boom, boom, one and you know, the old school goalies they went at oh, it all the time. So I know. If and we're in this era now that everyone's conditioned. There we we're eating all our greenies and all this nonsense nowadays. <laughs> so everybody's conditioned. Uh, Jake Allen, he's ready to go. The, the, he's riding a high Run the man now. Run them.
1: All right. Well, we will agree to disagree on that. <laughs> Not that I disagree with you. I think they'll come back with Hutton if everything works out the way it is. However, I don't disagree with what you're yeah. saying either. So that being said, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us here on STL Blues Podcast, Blues NHL Podcast. I want to thank InnovatedCompanies.com for all their help and all their services. They have three. Arms under their umbrella, innovated construction, innovated heating and cooling, and innovated electric. That is brought to you specifically by Darren Kimball because he is electric. <laughs> and then we have uh, tax resolution by Tommy Brown, downtown Tommy Brown on the bench with butter, all of the above, more stage names than a stripper. <laughs> Go to tax resolution by Tommy Brown.com. Also brought to you by SynergyHockeySkills.com. We covered that youth hockey, amateur hockey in the first segment. Um, also nelsonlandservices.com please go check out their website great guy great family great work this kid yeah. was his kid was part of that too yeah he's on the, the Nelson O4, so. yeah. uh, Nelson kid is uh, picked to move on to the next phase yeah. so at the same time promoting our youth hockey segment Nelson Land Services go check them out great website great pictures they're not photoshopped either that's the real deal on there so check it out he's getting give busy him a call right he'll give you a good price. Tell him Darren Kimball sent you. He'll charge you double. (laughs) Be careful of that. All right? For all you people out there in Blues Nation listening, goodbye. Talk to you later.